0: Teaching a, a, I called this how to hear the word of God or a word from God, not the word, but a word. I've been teaching for the last several weeks that I've, I've taught, I've called this the, the previous teaching, uh, the word of God has power. And, and I talked about a rhema word, or I talked about the word rhema in the Greek, how it's a living word. It's something that comes alive to us. This being the logos, the whole of the thought of God, the heart of God, the the complete work of God or the complete word of God. But when it comes alive to us and it speaks directly to us, it's like a lightning bolt, or, or I talk about it like I'm reading it sometimes, and the, the words just jump off the page. It's like they just want to, they, they grab hold of you. Or maybe the the preacher's preaching or a song, something, and it ministers to you. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like that song says, something happened, and now I know. See, that's the 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 way that i connect with god that's the way i see god i know god is real you couldn't talk me out of it if you had all the scientific facts or whatever to try to prove disprove the bible it's too late because i've already met the real god and and that's what i hunger for that's what keeps me going all these years that's what continues to drive me in ministry it isn't because i need something else to do It isn't a job. It never has been. I've done it for nothing. I've done it for little. I've done it for decent, I mean, good pay, I suppose. I mean, I I don't know what good pay is. I I think it's good pay for the amount of time and all that. I don't don't want to dis, I'm not, I just don't want you to think that I make some big lavish salary for this, okay? I, I guess that's why I tempered that. But you know, here's the thing our pursuit is, my pursuit is in God, but my pursuit is for me and my connection. But it's also so that I can bring that to you. I'm so excited every time I see God get a hold of somebody's heart and life and I see him transformed. You know, we don't see a whole lot of people raising their hand for salvation. I think that's because of several reasons. We're not doing things in a way that brings the unsaved in as much as we're a solid church that encourages believers to be fed and and encouraged. But there's always those that come in and and, and we see come in who are unchurched. That's been the, the call of God on my life ever since I started in ministry at age 25, you know, all these years, or 24 All these years and all this time of ministry, it's been to reach those that the church isn't reaching. And and I'm so thankful that some of y'all are regular church members and some of you are people who never went to church before. And we see that all the time. But here's what I want is I want us to learn, be able to hear from God that word like we talked about. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. And we're going to use this same verse. I've titled this "How to How to Hear a Word from God" because I wanted it to be a, a standalone message. I didn't want to extend out a a a series too long here at this church I, I do that at carrier on Sunday morning in fact if you want to know more about a, a personal prayer life I'm starting a series on 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 prayer that I believe will be impact uh, have an impact on your prayer life if you want to grow in that and if you're not able to, if you got a church and you're not able to be there you can watch it uh, that we put them on Facebook there at carrier and they'll end up on YouTube we have a YouTube channel with high call uh, ministries. And so anyway, uh, but Matthew chapter 4 says, the uh, says people or men, this is the New Living Translation, it uses the word people, do not live or don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now that's Jesus speaking. I've said this three weeks in a row or four weeks in a row, but that word, W-O-R-D right there in the bottom line there, that word come W-O-R-D. In the Greek, he means rhema or is rhema, and it means a living word or a now word is the best way I know to, to, to define it. In fact, it's God speaking specifically into your life. It's a moment where God says, I, I, you're mine. I love you. I died for you. When, for salvation sake, that's when that word came. But it also comes whenever we read a, another promise from God's Word. I was, uh, one, of, one of the young men that, that was ministering for me, uh, he, he uh, filled in for me, and, and he shared, he said, there's 60, uh, he said 7,500 promises in the, in, the, in the Scripture. I've heard 6,500, I don't know, it'd be hard to count them all. There's a whole lot of promises for God's people in and through this Scripture, this Word. But you know what, the ones that are, what about the ones that are generally to the children of Israel or, or the Jews? Or what about the ones that were to the specific to the people of that day when Jesus walked the earth or right after that, when, when they first established the church? How do those apply to us? See, we can take those literally into that time period and X ourselves out of them, or we can read them so that they're speaking to us and applying them to today. How does it fit? And that's the way we got to read those those scriptures and understand not changing the meaning, but bringing them into now. The Apostle Paul even did that. He preached about Abram and how Abram became Abraham and how he became over in Romans chapter 4, where he became fully persuaded and, and then he had faith to believe and, and conceive and, and, and all of the things. So he brought the old into the new light in teaching them. So we do the same thing but i want us to understand that that when we when we feed on the word of god we're feeding on it to allow us to grow but then there's those times when it just the aha the oh my oh me that's mine and then we become convinced and see that's when faith rises in our heart so that we can't be talked out of that promise that promise of provision do you know what sustained sue and i through many, my wife, through many of raising our four kids, the challenges that we went through at different times. There were times when we had no clue how we were going to pay our bills. There were some times where we didn't know how we were going to, what, what, what how we were going to pay for that repair on that vehicle or maybe find that other car. Or maybe there was a time when, when healing needed to happen. There was all these different things, but we went to the Word of God and we heard God. And when we heard God, faith arose in our heart, and we stood on it, and there was a challenge, there was an opposition to it. It didn't come instantly, and a lot of times it came with, with a challenge. God promises He's going to provide, and yet it's like, How? I talk about when when we left our full-time church position over in Arkansas and we moved to, to Tulsa. Why we went to Tulsa, the most expensive place we could have gone in between here and where we were, instead of coming all the way back home, I don't know, but God knew. We were following the direction of God. There were several times we did things that people look at us and scratch their heads and go, why are you doing that? But we were following God, and I have no doubt in those times we went to a place and we rented this uh duplex, and we had three of our four kids were were born uh, Kate had, or Kinsey hadn't been or hadn't made it here yet, but the the other three and 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 we go into this place and and we got no job i, I i'm I'm you know called to preach, but there's like maybe one Sunday on the calendar, no place that was given any kind of offerings. I mean, we went to one place. We drove an hour and a half or two hours over there. We got over there. I preached the Sunday morning service. We got done, and, and I figured, you know, you normally you, you receive a, an offering. You get an offering, you know. So I got there, and then they said, well, let's ta- we'll take you to lunch. We went, went to lunch. They gave us our offering. It was $37. I didn't even fill up my Suburban at the time. And then we got to the meal and we figured, well, they're they going to buy our lunch at least. And they got up and left. <laughs> we got our four kids and we're like, we would have, we wouldn't have eaten, we, we wouldn't have went out to eat. We would have ate, you know, went home and ate, or went to the dollar menu at McDonald's or something. You know, here we got another $37, went to our lunch. But you know, here, well, here's the thing. You know what she and I did? We got in the car and we went home and we looked at one another and say, thank God. He supplies all our need because we'd established it. Because when we were first starting out, we set the precedent that we're going to trust God. God had said he had promised and we'd seen him do it over and over. This was this was 10 years into marriage. I don't know. We had a lot of experience, a lot of proof that God was going to supply. But we, we, it sustained us because it was a rhema word, because it was, we were confident in it. We knew God had spoke. My God says, supply, I will supply your needs. I will take care of you. We didn't know how. Man, I mean, I was, we were looking through the one ads and nothing. Was, man, the jobs were like, you know, God provided a sales job for a little while. And then that, that company went bankrupt and, and uh, or went, anyway, got into a legal deal and had to shut down. And then we're searching and we're seeking and we don't know how. But you know what? We never lacked food. I don't know where the money came from. I don't even know. Nobody brought us groceries, but we always had enough. We always filled the car up. We always made it. I don't know how, but God provided. Why? Because we stood on that word. When, when, when Kelsey went through uh, cancer and, and we were battling our oldest daughter, we were battling there. Man, we faced that. She was 20 years old. There's no reason she should have been going through what she was going through. We faced that, that fear, that battle, that overwhelming thing because we, we stood on God's word. My God shall supply. My God shall provide. My God shall heal. He'll give us wisdom. We didn't know what to do, but he gave us wisdom and direction. So there was over and over and over again that God continued to be at work. You see, I want you to understand something that, that this reference to this man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's not just every word from the Bible. It's every word that God speaks to us through the Bible. I want you to understand something. Anytime you, and, and just to qualify all this, anytime you hear a word from God out here, like, you know, you, you feel like God says, go do that. Or do what It should never contradict the word of God. So if God's telling you to do something that, is against the word of God, that's obviously not God. Okay. So that's a way to kind of balance and and guard yourself. And in fact, I usually say, okay, God, if you're saying, do that, show me something through the word or give me confirmation through someone else. (laughs) Allow someone who knows nothing about the situation to bring, uh, some, some confidence there. But you know, uh, this, this word Rhema is a, and I defined it this way. It's a specific word to a specific person in a specific situation. You know, that, that's that's uh, that's how it will come. I I, I know one time I was uh, losing cattle. Our first set of cows. We bought that first set of cows, and they're 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 just they're just we lost calves. We lost a couple of cows. I mean, we didn't have very many. We're trying to figure. We're stressed out. It was no big deal compared to what I do now. It was fourteen cows. I mean, I, I was worried. But I was 20, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old. And my wife is, it didn't bother me as bad as it did Sue. And when it bothered Sue, it bothered me because she was every day going, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to do this? They're going to come get all our stuff. Well, I'm pretty sure the bank wasn't going to come repo everything for 14 cows. Okay. Not knowing what I know now. But at the time it was huge. And so we're going through all that. Well, God took me to Deuteronomy 28. And it he says, he'll bless, if you hearken and obey the voice of the Lord your God to do all that he's commanded you to do, that he'll bless everything you'll set your hand to. But he says, I'll bless you in the field. I'll bless you in the city. I'll bless you coming. I'll bless you going. I'll bless the herds of your cattle and the offspring of, their, of, their, of your herds. It talks about sheep and stuff, but I didn't have any of those. All I needed was that, that cattle deal. And you know what? Here's the thing. We took that, and I began to stand on that. And and the next five calf crops, we didn't lose one calf. I remember that specifically because we sold that set of cows and we moved and we, we did some things different after that. But during that period of time or four, I think four sets of calves after that, we never lost another calf. But because I went to, took that word of God and I held on to that, and every time I drove through, my cows were mixed with, with mom and my stepdad's cows, and, and as they were mixed in with, you know, several hundred head, I am I'm, I'm I see mine though, you know, I knew all mine. I got my, my special ear tags and I had my brand on them, but I went through and I spoke blessing over them every time i said what god said about that you know that's the way that works god spoke that to me i knew that was a promise let's look at habakkuk and i want us to look at because how can we hear from god you know uh this is it's mike's fault i'm going into this mike decided we're going to teach through habakkuk in our men's bible study and this morning we got into this and I want to use this as an example. I got Mike got to looking at my notes from preaching this before, and I thought, man, that's a that's a great sermon. That's why I thought it was fitting that that we that we're singing the songs that we sang tonight, because I want us to understand how do we hear from God? How do we hear a word from God? Here in verse. Uh, we're going to go to chapter two. We're not going to read chapter one, but chapter one is interesting because Habakkuk comes to ask God with two questions and he's asking why, and he's asking these questions. God gives him a, a, a response and I don't want to take the time to teach through all that stuff. But the one thing that, that Habakkuk did is he had the opportunity to either stay in the place of question or turn his heart to willing and ready to hear. You know, I could ask God sometimes, I could have many, many times over the years, I could have said, well, God, why am I having to go through this? I give my life to you. You know, I I set aside my dreams and goals. I, I followed you. Why would I have to deal with this, that? I could be in a place of question. Or I could offer those questions to God, but then turn with a hearing ear. The first thing I want you to see on a way that we hear God is here in verse one. He says, I will climb up on my watchtower and stand at my guard post. First of all, he says, I'm going to go where I can see. And this represents to me is Habakkuk was a prophet. For, for Judah, actually, this time Israel, if, you're, if you understand the Bible history, uh, Israel at times was b- broken into Israel and Judah. And, and so it was, it was broken into two different parts. And this was for Judah the, and at this time. And so they were separated. But he was, he's there s- seeking God. And he says, I'm going to climb up on my watchtower and I'm going to stand my guard post. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But he's he's going to meet God. He's going to see and be in in a position to where he can see. So the first thing I want you to know is is we've got to be willing to meet God. If we're going to hear God, you know, sometimes people live a life where they only go to God when they need something. Isn't it a whole lot more fun to have your kids or grandkids come to you? Just because they want to, not because they, they need something. You know, I could always tell when the girls, especially the girls, my three girls, they, they would come and, Dad, I love you, Dad. And, of course, they were playing a little bit because they knew I knew what they were needing was money or something. But they would come. But you know what? Isn't it a whole lot better when they just want to come hang out with you? That's why I love them when they're little. When they're little, and they you you walk in the door, Daddy, you know they come and they want to. They just want to, you know, sit by you and all that stuff. That's all neat. They get a little older and it's not not quite as much, not quite as much of that. Until they get real old, and then when they get to be about 32, they'll take you on a trip and let you see Cheyenne rodeo and all of that. That was pretty awesome. That was my oldest daughter. Now the two younger ones need to watch this, and they need to you know, step it up. But uh, no, there's no pressure. That was a unique situation, and, and we'll, we'll do some trips together with all of them. But you know what? Here's the thing. He's, we, we've got to make a decision we're going to meet God. That's what I'm teaching on, on Sunday morning, is how do we come into God's presence on a daily basis and develop a prayer life that's not rushed, that, that, that has the ability to, to both share uh needs but also receive a word see a lot of times we we're not conditioned for that we come in and we want to we want to hurry instead of just meeting with god there's something about that the second thing is this is that that we need to look expectantly notice the rest of this verse he says there i will wait to see what the lord says so he says, I'm going to climb up, on my watch. I'm going to meet with God or I'm going to be in a place where I can hear, but then I'm going to wait and see what the Lord says. You know, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times I'm praying with the same pace that, that everything else in my life is, which is in a hurry. I walk fast, I drive fast, I, 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 I move fast. I mean, you know, it's like I, I have this pace about me and I got to learn to, shut that down and slow that down. When I come into God's presence, and I'm going to tell you what, I'm way less, some of y'all think I might be wound a little tight. I'm not compared to what I was when I was younger. My wife's saying, amen. I'm much more relaxed. I, I can, I can much more be at ease and see that is probably age has something to do with that, but it's also, it's also God. And I believe here's this. Is that as fast as we have to be in a lot of things in areas of our life, if we can learn to to be at rest in God and meet him, but also wait on him, wait in his presence, not have to have anything back. You ever you ever just, you know, sit in in silence or sit with, you know, some people have to have noise all the time. It's funny how, you know, it's like if it's quiet, they just can't stand them. So you got to have the TV on. You got to have the the radio on. You got to, I know I'm, I'm punching some buttons because I see elbows flying and and people looking at one another. (laughs) And, and we got to have some, I I said this one time, I said, I I just like to drive around in my pickup with, with nothing on. Some of y'all get that. Say nothing like the radio, no, no radio on. I said that one time in a sermon. And this one gal, she started busting up laughing. She's the only one that that mine went there, I guess. But it's like, I'm at the radio. I want no noise. It was kind of funny. But you know, here's the thing. There's a lot of times whenever I, I, I enjoy having no noise and having quiet. I enjoy being able to be quiet before the Lord. But you know what? unless i'm willing to to be able to sit back a little bit and get on god's what that does is it puts me on god's pace and all of a sudden he can begin to speak and i'm willing to listen you know here's something else though when when we hear god like that or, and we see what he says sometimes he doesn't talk a lot sometimes there's a, not a lot to it sometimes it's one little thing sometimes it's one word sometimes it's i, I was uh one young man that that, that um, helps me some, and he was just talking about he was going before the Lord, just really struggling with some things, and, and he just heard God say, I, peace. Just peace. That's all he heard. When that word came, along with it came God's peace. And he knew what God meant in that word. It meant that I got you. I got everything handled. It's all going to be okay. So the second thing is that the third thing is that uh, first thing is we got to meet God. First, we gotta look expectantly. And the third thing is we got to listen. In other words, we got to have ears to hear what the spirit of the Lord would say. He says in the rest of that verse, how and how he will answer you. So I'm going to wait and see what he'll say and how he will answer my complaint. I want to wait and see how he'll answer me. See, a lot of times we, we pre-program what we want and desire, and we don't let God have the influence and make the, make the decision of how it's going to be. I say that, God, this is the one way that my prayer will be answered. This is the one thing that I'm, I'm going to do. We need to, we need to come in there with that attitude of waiting and seeing what he'll do, what he'll say, how he'll handle it. We need to Listen. You know, I I remember one of the one of the times where Jesus well, right after he began his ministry, he came in and he shared what he was there for. He quoted Isaiah sixty one. He said, "I'm here to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives, to to set set people free. I'm I'm here to bring to be the Messiah." He was saying, and the people went, "Ah, eh, isn't this Joseph's boy? Isn't this just Joseph's son? Isn't this the carpenter?" Who's he? Who is he? They didn't have ears to hear. Jesus, man, he rebuked them. He ripped them. He came in and and, and just put them in their place, but they didn't have ears to hear. And he says that several times throughout the scriptures noted where Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, let you let them hear. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. You know, sometimes we don't, we don't like to hear what God says, because it might be different than what we what we hear so how do we get a a hearing ear just a little side note a hearing ear our ears are opened by our heart being yielded kind of like that that young child sometimes you know what opens their ears that's what i found anyway with my kids sometimes they couldn't hear couldn't hear and all of a sudden oh that's what you were oh you were speaking okay yeah Anyway, there was a lot of instruction along with that, but uh, sometimes it it it, it kind of opened their ears. Oh, now you hear me say no. But see, where God's concerned, sometimes we don't want to hear, but we can always go and 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 prepare our heart. Note, I love the first two words of this chapter. It says, "I will." I love to read the the Psalms that say, "I will." David says that a lot in the Psalms. He'll he'll say, "I will." I'm going to yield. I'm going to change. I will. So we got to have a willing, a willingness to meet God, a willingness to look expectantly, a willingness to have ears to hear and listen. And then it says to write it down. Notice what he says here. In uh, then the Lord said to me, verse uh, verse two, write my answer, my vision, or my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. You know. I like the way this New Living Translation says this because it says, in the King James, it says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that they can run. Here it just says, write the answer plain. But you know what happens when you write the answer plain? A vision comes. So both are right, neither's wrong, but it explains it in a way that when, why does the value of writing it? See, when we set ourselves in a a mindset that I'm going to hear God, you ought to carry a notepad around. Or you ought to be ready to write. i got stuff scratched on envelopes and and backs of my cattle books and my pickup. I mean, some of it's really messed up because I'm trying to write it while I'm driving across the pasture or down a dirt road or or something on the console of my pickup. There's times when when God's speaking and and it seems fast, but here's what I've always found. If I write it, what is it? it? It helps me remember it more, but it also gives me the ability to reference back to it. So many times, and I love doing this. I write in a prayer journal. I don't do it every day. I don't, do it, I don't do it all the time. But at certain key times in my life, I've always written what God's saying, what I feel like He's directing us to do. Or I'll write down the questions that I'm saying, okay, God, man, I don't know about this. What, what do I do here? What do I need to do here? And as I begin to write down my, my, my back and forth with God, it's often that, that maybe sometimes it doesn't come for years later or months later. And if I'm not careful, I'll forget about it. It'll happen, and I won't give God credit if I don't remember, only because I don't remember it. Or I may give him general credit because I, I give God credit for any good thing that get, happens in my life. But I love it when I look back to that word and I realize hey, wait a minute. I did hear God, He was speaking. This did happen several key times in, in my life where I've written those things down. Also, though, it gives me the ability to communicate it to somebody else. Maybe where my wife and I, we would, we would be in prayer, sometimes over different direction for our life or something that we're, we're to do. And, and we, we, uh, we have never missed it when we were in agreement. If she let me decide sometimes or I let her decide sometimes, sometimes we were fixing a problem later on. But if we were unified, if we allowed God to speak to us, we were always right. And as as we write it down, then we can compare, too. That's pretty cool. We compare what, what God was saying, what we felt. We write it down. Keep a journal. You know, here's one thing I would do. If you want to seek God and, and you're trying to get direction in some specific areas, maybe especially... I'd keep a notebook by your bed. I'd get you some way where you could turn on a light, a little bit of light, to where you could, where you could, where you could see good enough to write. Because it's amazing what God will speak when we wake awake in the night, or when we wake first thing in the morning, when our mind is clear. It's amazing what God will say sometimes. And you know, He may just say, "Hey, uh, go to the Book of Psalms," or go to, go to, you know, remind you of a scripture. It may be just a piece. It may not be a, oh, the heaven's open and it's, you know, it's a big word. It may just be a little bit of a, a and here's the thing. He's looking for obedience. If he says, hey, go to Romans chapter five, go to, you know, Luke chapter 12. And you go, oh, it's like, eh, okay. <laughs> but what if we go to Luke chapter five? In Luke chapter 5, you begin to read and all of a sudden then you, then you check a little cross reference and all of a sudden you're over here in Ezekiel chapter 55 or all of a sudden then you're over here to and then all of a sudden so and it's like, oh, wow, I see what I see what you're saying. I put this all together. Maybe you just were blessed in some great time in the word. But here's the thing. We're learning to be obedient. Write it down because writing it down again paints a picture if I can take the answer, write it plainly on tablets, the, a vision comes from that. And the fifth thing is this, and I'll close with this, is, is we've got to wait patiently for it. Notice what he says here in verse, uh, uh, the rest of that verse, or uh, verse 3, I guess. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. So this is, this is where it's specific to Israel, okay? But then we can fit this back to us in this in this part here it says if it seems slow in coming wait patiently for it for sh- <clears throat> for it will surely take place and it will not delay see if god speaks it and this is where this applies to us in in this time is if, if god speaks it it's going to come it may not come as quickly as we want but it'll come so be patient let him bring it and then uh Look at the bottom half of verse 4. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. That's them, not us. But here's where we are, verse, the bottom side of of verse 4. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Or the King James just says, the just shall live by faith. And you know what? That verse is quoted over in Hebrews chapter 10 as well. And another place, I can't remember where else. Hebrews chapter 10, verse about 37. It says, the just shall live by faith. How do we live by faith? We live by faith when we've heard the word of God. And, you know, uh, as, as we close tonight, I just I just ask you, you know, how, have you ever heard God speak? Well, you know, if you received Jesus as Lord, you heard God speak. Why? Because the gospel is the word of God and it speaks and it says, I love you. I died for you. I want you to be my child. I want you to to receive this gift of salvation, all of that. And you know, the blessing is that, the blessing of the Word of God is that it does, it begins with the gospel message of salvation, but it continues in that same way for every other promise. You know, you might be somebody watching, it might be somebody here who's never made Jesus Lord of your life. I assume that all of you have. I know most of you pretty well. I would say you're all saved, but I never want to assume. Our confidence is is this, that the Bible is very true. And if we hear the word that says, if we call on the name of the Lord, we shall be saved, then that's what we got to do. If it says that if we'll confess Jesus as Lord, that we can receive that gift of salvation. And so we're going to close with prayer. I'm going to I'm going to give those that are online or those that 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 are here an opportunity to pray and to receive Christ. But also I want you to think about a word for you. Maybe you've got a word or or need a word for for your situation in your life. Maybe you're dealing with fear and maybe you're maybe you're dealing with, you know, financial issues. Maybe maybe it's 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 any type of thing. You know, God has answers for that. God has your answer. So let's pray. Let's seek him for those father. We just come before you and Lord, we just thank you that you're good to us, that you love us, that father, we thank you that first of all, that word that we all have to have in order to receive heaven. It's not based on our works. It's based on the gift of salvation that Jesus bought and paid for that first word that we ought to hear from God, that we hear from God is first of all, I love you and I died for you. Receive me as Lord. God is calling out. He he stands at the door of our hearts, and and he knocks until we let him come in. If you've never let Jesus come into your heart, into your life, and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, the Bible says that we can confess Jesus as Lord. We can repent of our sin. We can say, Lord, I'm sorry I'm a sinner. I need your salvation. Not good enough on my own self. But, Lord, if you'll receive me, you can be that simple to say, Lord, receive me. I'll be, uh, I'll make you Lord of my life. The Bible says, if you confess Jesus as Lord, you say, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me. And Jesus, come into my heart, my life, be my Lord and my Savior. Praying that prayer puts you in a position of of sonship or as as a daughter of God. Salvation is yours with with that heartfelt prayer to receive Christ. You may be in this place and you say, Lord, I need a word from you. And I believe that if we'll choose to seek Him, He'll give that word. Father, I pray over everybody here that, Lord God, that you give them the direction for their lives. Those that are seeking you about major decisions in their life, maybe simple decisions in their life, that, Father, you're there for. Them. I thank you, Lord God, for guiding and directing each one of us that when we receive that word, We'll, we'll hold fast to it. We'll walk patiently in it. We'll not turn it loose. And our faith in that word will maintain our stance with you and enable us to get to the, the end result, holding us fast by that word. We praise you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name.